everyone, it's Alexa. I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about season five of Dawson's Creek. I cannot believe that I messed up the day that the shower was. But it was so funny. So the way that I found out was her house is like a no shoe household. We take our shoes off at the door and it's at her house and it's like 20 people are probably going to be there. So I texted her to ask, like, are we all taking our shoes off? I didn't want to have like a Carrie Bradshaw moment where I have to be forced to take my shoes (laughs) off and not like unaware. So I texted her. I'm like, just curious. Are we all taking our shoes off? Because I hate being barefoot. So I was going to bring socks. And so she says, yeah, we're going to take our shoes off. And I was like, all right, no problem. I'll bring socks. So then she calls me and she goes, you know, it's tomorrow, right? (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) what? And she said, yeah, it's tomorrow. She told me that that I was not the only person, that two other people thought it was today. She must have said Saturday at some point. She had to have, because I, like I've told you, I, my week is planned out if i don't something will not get done so i know you're that basically every... a ceo <laughs> so i know that every single day i know exactly what i'm doing whether i'm watching dawson's creek or i'm editing last week's episode or i'm going to something for work or i have this my schedule is locked up i think i had asked her when it was even before the evite went out and then when she sent the evite i didn't even like look at it because i'm like i know when this is i couldn't believe it when she called me They made Jack so weird. In the beginning, he looked like one of those guys who should have been hacky sacking like, <laughs> on the field. Oh my God, that's so true. He was too tan and his hair was long and almost highlighted. I don't know. It just didn't seem cool like him. He was a college dude is what he was. <laughs> Both him and Jen really were leaning into that vibe. And then at the snap of a finger, he turned into an angry alcoholic frat boy (laughs) well here's my thing i want to get this out at the beginning what i noticed throughout this season is that the long form storytelling is piss poor at best they start stories they drop them this one has this problem it's gone the next episode we don't even need to worry about it i don't know why you were worried about it then we pick up new things people don't act like themselves it is just every episode is a new adventure of who's going to be acting in what bizarre way (laughs) jack was three separate people this season yeah jen too what was going on with jen <laughs> who, who is that? I texted you and I said at the end of episode 16, she's almost sucking her thumb and talking like an actual toddler. They turned them all into babies. Joey's baby voice was at a 9,000 on the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. Why was Joey talking like a baby to her professor that she then made out with twice? Please, well, let's everybody add a counter to the inappropriate age relationships. What are we up to? Double digits? Easily. There were at least six just in this season. (laughs) I think we got three major ones. Wait, which are you thinking of? I'm thinking of Joey and her professor. Casey and the restaurateur lady. Dawson and the reporter. Yes. Those are the three that I can think of off the top of my head. What's craziest about them is that the show treats them like they're just another day in Boston. I get it. They're over 18. They're adults. I think 
societally, we are in a period of time where we're overreacting a little bit to age differences because it's not necessarily about age. It's really more about power dynamics. Totally. And since that's been called out so much in the last few years, I, I, it is really important and I'm glad we're doing it. But if you're 18 or 19 and you're having whatever you want to call it, a fling, a relationship, whatever it is with someone who's in their, I don't know, mid to late thirties, it just feels a little extreme, especially since in two of those three cases, there was an imbalance of power. The craziest of the three, well, this isn't even true because the Pacey one is batshit insane, but the Joey Professor one, I understand this is like a thing. It happened to Gilmore Girls too, but the difference is is that when Paris dated her professor on Gilmore Girls, it was like all anybody could talk about, like how could she, the scandal, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying it has to be a huge deal, but Joey went to class and said like her professor was cute and Audrey He's like, why don't you sleep with him? Like, it's not, it shouldn't be the next step. We shouldn't like it was a rite of passage. Yes. As if, like, of course, he's hot. You should be sleeping with him. And then he told her he had a wife and kids, and then suddenly said he he didn't. And Joey was like, okay. I just wish they had treated it a little more like it was weird. Like it wasn't just something every college person does is have this an affair with their 35-year-old professor. That I think is actually the biggest problem with Dawson's Creek is that all these inappropriate things that they do, they act like it's just these that is sassy so people living their lives and gathering experiences. Yeah. By the way, the professor saying he's never done this before, choke on please come on how gullible do we need to be and then he's at the movies making out with someone and joey confronts him and he gaslights her and she's like okay (laughs) i'm sorry it was the worst season no it really it was by a million miles i also feel like i watched 10 seasons the fact that dawson's father died at the beginning of this season feels like it was four years ago easy too much happened none of it was good I didn't enjoy almost any storyline. Wait, can we please title this episode Dawson's Creek Season 5? Too much happened and none of it was good. And the second I would get to like something, like Dawson and Jen, at the beginning of that, I thought they had great chemistry. I was like, I am into this. I was ready for them at their end game. I want them to be together forever. I thought they were both so perfect for each other. Their relationship was so good. And then two episodes later, they were totally different people acting in a very bizarre way. And and Jen is calling him baby doll in every scene. She's She's like, hi, pumpkin, on the phone. I'm like, who who is that? Joey wouldn't even do that. What is that? Was it her? I think it was her who was worried that their sex life and excitement was going to die out. You've been together for seven minutes. And also, this is the first time Dawson has ever had sex. Like, his sex life is not going to die out. He's fine. (laughs) Like, we need to (laughs) calm down. And then I actually was starting to like charlie as a character and then they're like nope there is never ever ever a scenario where i could he belonged with eve from season three wait charlie and eve is actually the best coupling that maybe could have come out of this show he was made for eve (laughs) also are we gonna pretend that jen knows she has a sister and just never mentions it again oh yeah i forgot about that when you told me that gilmore guys called him chad michael mudface it was so perfect that i no longer know what his actual name is every time he has come up on our show i have to stop myself because no one knows the reference but he is chad michael mudface like that is i 
find him so extremely repulsive and unattractive. I don't even know if I can. He really is. And what's crazy is that he's repulsive on Gilmore Girls. He's repulsive in this. And then somehow they transform him into like people look back and now think differently. But on One Tree Hill, he's like the main guy and like sweet, good guy. They somehow tried to transform him and it did not translate well. I know that he's playing a part in this show, Mm -hmm. but his mannerisms are so unattractive to me that I don't think it's the part. I think it's him. Stop licking your lips. You're not Channing Tatum. Why are you moving like that? I want to revise the statement I just made. When I was saying that I liked Charlie, I didn't like the character. I just, I thought he was a good addition to the story. So I was enjoying that part of it. I didn't like him as a character. What was good about his addition? I don't know. Because he made Joey be a rock star? No, please. That was (laughs) so cringy and embarrassing. When she got on the stage and sang, I want you to want me, I literally had to cover my eyes like I was watching a horror movie. I couldn't do it. I know you, you know me. <laughs> also, listen to this quote I wrote down. It made me hate him. I already hated him and this like pushed it another five levels. He's talking about I Will Always Love You and says, a song later made re-popular and sucky by Whitney Houston on the Bodyguard soundtrack. Excuse <laughs> You. Dolly Parton deserves all the praise in the world, but you can't, there's no one on earth who can say that Whitney Houston's version of I Will Always Love You is not the best thing your ears have ever heard. Also, I don't know if I missed that, but how did he stop being at the radio and Jen become at the radio station? I Well, I must have missed it too. I don't know. There was like five minutes where they were doing it together. And that I understood. Yes. And then suddenly Suddenly the next episode, Jen was doing the radio show. And I'm like, I guess we missed that scene where she got offered to do a radio show. With no experience or reasoning. Or talent. (laughs) I will say. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. I thought James Vanderbeek was kind of attractive. Let me tell you, stand out of the season. I think that he was way better, more entertaining. Everything pertaining to Dawson, I was into. I could see, I can see how people are Team Dawson. You know what? I might actually have to agree with you. I can see it. Because Casey... They've ruined him. He's... So there's no one less attractive than Joshua Jackson in this season. They completely switched their personalities. I don't. Dawson is a different person. Acts much more mature, older, wiser, better. He is a better version of himself. One that was totally absent from seasons one through four. And it's completely unexplained. That's one of my main problems is that everybody's character development is off screen. Joey is another person. Joey is a completely, she's self-assured. She's fine with everything. She doesn't flip out. She doesn't get angry. She's not whatever. Her reaction to Jen and Dawson is so un-Joey that I don't know who that is, which is all fine if we had seen her get there. Joey stepped onto the college campus and became another person. I thought that scene when they're all I want to say it's Thanksgiving, but I don't think it is. Felt like it, though, when they're all having dinner that Pacey cooked for them. Yeah, it's not Thanksgiving. And they catch Dawson and Jen making out in the... Yeah, in the doorway. And then they sit down to have dinner with them. When it comes out that they're together 
and they all get up and go into the kitchen, but Jen and Dawson are still sitting at the table. That whole thing was so funny. That episode was the best one of the season. Jen and Jack are taking snacks out of the cabinets. Pacey's, as all the dialogue is going on, Pacey's whipping them out of her hands because he's making the second course. It was so funny. So over the top, but I love when Audrey is throwing food on herself so that she can leave the room. And then then Joey's like, oh my God, will you look at that? What gets out rice? Joey, come help me. Subtle, Audrey. Mom? God and me. Not again. Joey. Maybe we should go over our game plan here. I mean, usually in these situations, the one who needs to talk is the one who really hurls food on her friend's clothing. Okay, I need to talk. You're right, though. Joey did handle it really calmly. The fact that Dawson even suggested before they walked into the house. I don't know what I'm going to say to her. You don't have to say anything. Are you proposing that we sneak around, Dawson Larry? Because, you know, I am that kind of girl. I'm proposing that we just enjoy what we have going on and don't worry so much about what to tell other people. I was like, you're about to do to Joey the exact thing that you were so irate that her and Pacey did to you. Uh, Also, Joey encouraging Audrey to be with Pacey was so weird. Is there a universe in which you would watch an episode of this season and have any concept that Joey and Pacey were ever together? No. It's completely unevident in any of their interactions. When they would make reference, I think at one point he said something about their boat trip. I was like, literally forgot that happened. I forgot that though that was the two of you because they do not act at all like they were madly in love. And I'm meant to believe that at some point they get back together again. I I don't see how that happens. Honestly, I am like wanting it not to happen. If I didn't know that it did, I would be n- not wishing for it. Some drastic changes have to be made in season six. I hated their interactions in specific because I loved them so much and it feels like the show took it away from me. How about the complete friends ripoff at the very beginning of the season when Joey leaves a drunken t- voicemail on Dawson's phone? Dawson, I think it's time that I let you go. And it's really hard for me to do because I know that there's a part of me that's going to be in love with you for the rest of my life. But, you know, this running in place and this daydreaming, it's just not healthy for either of us. And so this is me cutting the cord. This is me doing what I should have done three months ago. Saying goodbye, Dawson. So obviously I am over you. I am over you and that my friend is what they call closure even the way the scene plays out where dawson calls his voicemail and listens to it with joey in the room rach i got a message from you (laughs) who's michael oh my god oh my god ross no hang up the phone give me the phone give me the phone give me the phone give me the phone from you from Friday. Did you call me on Friday? You didn't get my message? No. You sound a little drunk. Dawson, that's because I am drunk. Now give me the phone. Why? Drunk people should have the right to neutralize their own messages. Come on. No, no way. Okay, some guy hit on you. Nice guy. Yeah, he's so nice he proceeded to sleep with Audrey. Come on. Dawson, no, 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 Come on, give me Jerry, the... Stop. Let me listen. 
There was another one toward the end of the season that I didn't write down. Now I wish I did. Oh, the airport. Joey running to the airport. Totally. He just ripped it off. It's essentially the same exact scenario. Even the way he is listening to her voicemail and she's trying to like get it away from him. But it made sense on Friends. It didn't make sense in this context. There was no reason. Even once he heard it, there was no reason to be upset. It made sense why she said it. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about Dawson's dad. Yeah. This is what made me stop watching the show the first time. I saw that episode and I was like, I'm out. I'm done. It felt cruel. And they really basked in it, too, in that second episode. The thing that bothered me the most, you know how you watched a few episodes of This Is Us and you felt like maybe they were manipulating the audience into feeling stronger emotions? Mm -hmm. This actually felt like that. Right before he dies is that conversation with Gail. Well, first he talks to Dawson and says... I have lived twice as long as you, and I'm just trying to give you the benefit of my experiences. Dad, I can't live the life that you want me to have. I can't live the life that you choose for me, all right? I have to have my own. And then shortly after that, he's sitting with Gail outside. Do you know how much I love my life? I have this amazing family. I mean, I know everybody says that, but trust me, I've been around the block long enough to know that what we have here is so incredibly rare. Mrs. C. It's the only thing I've ever really been good at. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a family man. I can say with relative certainty that I will never write a poem (laughs) or paint a painting or or make a movie that will change the world. Just wasn't in the cards for me. And that's okay. Because maybe, just maybe, our son will do that. We feel like finally they've gotten to the place that they should have been this whole time. Mm-hmm. And then we actually watch him die over ice cream. It it was it was cruel. I hated it. I don't know why they did it that way at all. It's inexcusable. I was reading a little bit. It seems as though the actor wanted off the show. There were a lot of other ways they could have went. I don't know why they did this. Even if killing off his character was the best way to go, because it created so much opportunity to further develop Dawson's character. Right. The way they did it was not cool. I thought when Pacey took Dawson to the site of the accident, at first I was like, oh, God, this feels really wrong. But the speech he gave him there, I thought was one of the best of the whole show. 35 years old, wife, two kids. Works as a baggage handler for Blue Star Airlines. And Gary had to pull a double shift that day. And it must have been a real bitch because when he came around that bend, he was asleep at the wheel. Why are you doing this, Pacey? Why? Because I want you to know that it was a man named Gary Peters who killed your father. A guy who should have known better than to get behind the wheel of a car. A guy who for the rest of his life will carry around the guilt of taking Mitch Leary away from his wife and two kids. And I want you to know that that guy is not you. It's not you, Dawson. Do not blame yourself for this. You want to grieve? You go right ahead. Be my guest. But do not for one single second think that this is your fault. Because it is not your fault. You got your father for 18 years. And that is a hell of a lot more than some people get. And your father did one hell of a job, Dawson. He made you into a man. And he made you into a man that people care about and admire and respect. And most importantly, love. 
So why am I doing this? I'm doing this because once upon a time you and I were best friends. And that means that whenever you need me, I'm here. Anytime, anywhere, any place, forever. I did like that they seem to get back to a place where they were like at some one point Dawson introduces Pacey as his lo- his oldest friend and I just thought it was nice that they were back in a place where that was true and Pacey really is the only person who could have done that for Dawson even if it didn't work maybe in that moment maybe if it didn't click for him it at least was what he needed to hear no one else could have told him that another thing that I thought was really weird was when Dawson was going through the worst part of it Mm-hmm. And he said, kind of blamed it on Joey, that if it wasn't for her, yeah. he wouldn't have been there. And then his father wouldn't have gone out and that whole thing. I understand that he said it when he was really, really hurting. So I get that she wouldn't hold that against him or hold on to that. Mm-hmm. But they seem it's I don't think they ever even really talked about it until much later on when Dawson mentioned it. And, and Joey was like, don't even worry about it. I understand I don't know. I just it just felt like maybe it maybe it needed a minute or two of conversation. <laughs> especially because of and it came up a couple of times, especially like the conversation they have in the dinner episode in the kitchen when Dawson is talking about how he can't close to Joey now because yeah. it just hurts. And you feel like you can't be yourself around me. No, I'm just hearing what you want to hear. No, I think I'm hearing what you're afraid to tell me. Joey, it hurts to be around you. I see you even from across the room. It brings up a thousand memories, not just of us, but of my entire life before. And it's like I'm frozen in this place that I can't bear to be. I care about you so much. As long as I can remember, everything's always come back to you. And you, no matter what was happening between us, even the thought of you was at least a constant comfort. But I can't go back. It just hurts. I liked when it got brought up, but every time they got into it, it was like they cut it off and then they didn't go further into it. It's like, no, we really need to discuss that because that's important to both of your lives. You have to. And she feels that way, too, where she at the end at the airport is talking about how she felt like she needed to say goodbye to him, because if she didn't say goodbye to him, it would be like not growing up or moving forward. Like, you guys, we need to unpack that a little both on both sides. We we shouldn't be tying our whole lives to a person and unable to grow or develop if we're not speaking to them or I don't know. I think what we're really getting to here is that the writing is bad. The writing is bad. I It's always been, but this seems especially bad. Mm-hmm. I thought previous to now, though, that the dialogue was bad and that the writing was okay. Now it seems as though actually it's flipped. Sometimes there are some really good lines in there, but it's buried in the fact that I can't even follow what anybody's story is for this season. Did you notice at one point Jen was wearing a t-shirt that said New Jersey Charm School? No, I didn't. Need. (laughs) I'm really unhappy with what they did to Jack. I think that they made him a frat guy. All the friends hated him. Then Then he was on the outs with them. Then he somewhat had a drinking problem, but then we got over that. Then he was really deeply unhappy, jumped off 
the roof of a building. We let that go. He's now, he's flunking out of school. Then we somehow fix that. What did they do to Jack? And not in a serviceable way. I would, yeah. if we're going to see him have a bad downward spiral, right? That's fine. But let's do it. Let's treat it in a way where he's down and out. And then we see him pull it together and his friends help him and and whatever it is. The wide swings that the story took with him. He's up. He's down. They like him. They don't like him. We never saw him. Jack and Jen were like not friends for a while. We never saw them make up. They just were suddenly best friends again going to Costa Rica at the end of the season. It didn't even make sense why he decided not to go. He decided not to go to help that guy? I guess. That reason doesn't make sense. I thought he was going to go to New York with Jen. That would have been better. And then now Jen just met the director on the plane? What are we supposed to assume there? I can't deal with another 19-year-old sleeping with a 40-year-old. Jen used to be this woman who was so mature for her age and nothing could get by her and she saw through it all and now this season she was like a doe-eyed prancing around and flighty and saying weird things totally looking confused all the time she's like grinning and smiling and talking in a baby voice and calling dog the the baby thing really bothered me i really (laughs) like the way she's like baby baby you're gonna do when he's deciding whether or not he's gonna do the movie with oliver and yeah and he's in they're upstairs in the attic on dawson's bed and dawson's asking advice about like how to tell oliver his notes and jen is like oh baby you gonna do the movie no. i'm like what <laughs> though i will say when she gave him the et binder i literally Backled for 10 minutes it was so good it was so unexpected i thought there's i can't imagine what she's gonna pull out of there and when she pulled out that et trapper keeper i (laughs) died laughing and then later on when he was in class and people were noticing it and kind of snickering and he turned back to them and said it was a a gift (laughs) i loved it (laughs) oh another thing dawson shows up his first day on set and is entranced by this magical world that he's been dreaming of his whole life. He's finally in it. We're thrilled for him. He realizes the director is a dick. Fine. They have the whole, like, what did he spill coffee or something? And then he gives his impassioned speech to the director about why he's a dick and then goes home to Cape Side. <laughs> what is happening? This isn't how, this isn't how life works. no. <laughs> It's not. That's another big problem, actually, is that everything you see, it's not how life works. It's so unrealistic to the point where it strains credibility that I I can't even believe what I'm watching would ever happen to anyone. Nonetheless, that it would happen to the same people over and over again. Pacey strolls into a... Please, I knew you were... I can't believe this is only the first time you're bringing this up. (laughs) The guy takes a liking to him, decides to train him as a chef in what could only be three weeks, decides (laughs) that he's ready. He's never worked in the service industry, ever. This is not how this works. (laughs) I get we're supposed to suspend reality, but this is 
too Too much. They pushed the envelope too far. What about all the other people working in that kitchen who've been there for who knows how long, who many of them have either probably been in the industry for years and years or have gone to culinary school. And instead, we're going to let this 19 year old kid become a chef because he can peel potatoes. And let me tell you, running the kitchen he's gonna we're gonna put a 19 year old who's never gone to school no formal training there's a bunch of grown adults working for a 19 year old as the head chef of this huge restaurant and it's not a chilies like they're sh- they're they're serving like sashimi and and fagua like it is a very fancy restaurant he's not working at a fucking fridays e- i'm sorry even at a fridays it doesn't make sense <laughs> And then his boss finds him so unbelievably attractive that within two hours of meeting him, she cannot <laughs> resist him. She has to seduce him. She Nothing will stand in her way. Nothing is more problematic than the ca- character of Alex. She is sex and seduction embodied in a woman, and she will stop at nothing to make sure that she gets what she wants. Pacey, he's such a good guy guy but even good guys have trouble resisting her (laughs) especially because as he says over the loudspeaker in the airport post 9-11 by the way i'm sorry for my predilection for the company of older women and audrey makes a face like you sweet silly boy i'm done i hate everything oh he also said in that speech And you came along at a time when I thought all the big loves of my life were behind me. You're a teenager! Also, Casey and Audrey, I don't think they have good chemistry, and I don't think that they're in love. No, but if we are supposed to believe that they are, what happened with him and Alex in his apartment is so beyond not okay. They were about to hook up when Audrey walked in. Then her and Pacey get into that argument on the street and she, I guess, breaks it off, whatever. Is he technically single when he walks back in the apartment? Sure. But if he is who he has led us all to believe over the last however many years, and if he feels about Audrey the way he's been claiming... Mm -hmm. in the apartment and sit back down with that woman grab your glass of champagne and proceed to not be able to resist her to the point where he's ready to sleep with her and she says like pacey we just (laughs) you did this and i can't even get into that scene where they were in the car and she's acting like a mad woman i can't and then why did he flip a switch and climb on top of her and say can I just get my hands on you or well, whatever for you some, said? What was that? For some reason, he thought that that would get them to stop the car. But it seemed like the scenario that happened where she spun and then stopped and like whatever, that that was like the only scenario of a million that could have happened where he's doing that. That could have just, that seems so much more dangerous. I'm like, Pacey, this doesn't even make any sense as a strategy to get her to stop. It really doesn't. And he didn't have his seatbelt on until she was going like 80 miles an hour. He put his seatbelt on. Speaking of what I can't believe is in this show, what the hell was with that episode where Joey gets mugged? I can't, honestly, Alexa, I can't talk about it. I can't do it. It's too bad I can't do it. When I realized that it was going to be like a bottle episode, I could not believe it was part of this show. Let me walk you home. No. That's understandable, but you know, you should be careful, sweetheart. I mean, it's late. 
Next guy you come across, he might not be as nice as me. Be good. Actually, you know what? Uh, giving this some thought, and I'd rather if you did lend me that money. Pacey says to Audrey, you're too body for me. Audrey says, ew, body? You make it sound like I'm Bette Midler or something. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. <laughs> well, I, the only other thing I have to say is the Dawson Joey stuff in the last episode. I don't even get it, really. I don't really understand why she doesn't kiss him when he goes in to kiss her on the boardwalk. She said she was scared. Scared of what? You got been trading off on being ready for this relationship for the last five plus years. Like, just give it to us already. I'm like, also, you guys have kissed before. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it now. Just if you're going to get together, right. just do it. I thought for sure that they were going to get together at the airport. And then when she's like, I can't come with you. Going to California is your journey, not mine. Like, what are we, Alexis Rose? <laughs> with like, what money, by the way? She bought a last-minute ticket to Paris and is going to go there with what money? It, does this mean Pacey is spending the summer in L.A. with Audrey? Or he's just driving her there and then driving home? <laughs> I think he's spending the summer with her in L.A. <laughs> what money? <laughs> Listen, money's not a problem. Also, Pacey was making so... He was the head chef at that restaurant and still was claiming he had no money. What was he spending his money on? How much were they paying him? Ten dollars? I mean, I know that chefs don't make that much. Yeah, but he didn't have a place to live, so he wasn't paying rent anywhere. What was he spending any of the money he was getting? He didn't have any bills. No bills. He didn't have a cell phone. He had no he had no cell phone. He had no place to live. What was he spending his money on? Why does he have no money? Why is he taking a security job at the yacht club? And why was he living in his old boss's apartment? But then when he ran into him a few weeks later. It was as though they hadn't talked in years. Do you know he was living in your apartment? <laughs> well, I think actually he didn't know because Pacey said he was squatting there until <laughs> oh, right. until until somebody rented it. But so he so his old boss left all of his possessions, <laughs> including a, a a library of at least fifteen hundred bucks. Listen, he had to get on the boat and make out with a woman that was not his wife. Okay? Who, also, whose boat? He has a boat now. <laughs> well wait and why is this man so obsessed with borrowing boats to be with women <laughs> listen he doesn't know how to have affairs on land okay he only <laughs> can do it at the sea my only thing that i wanted to say about joey and dawson at the airport though is that i just like i felt so bad for dawson i just wanted joey to be with him already i can't, I can't even care anymore i don't think i care only about dawson now <laughs> this, is where, this, this is where we're at <laughs> This is where we're at. I've come full circle. I have a totally, I've gone on a journey for five seasons and I've arrived where the only character that I care about now is Dawson. <laughs> I should put in a clip of me screaming how Dawson is the worst in season two or whatever it was. <laughs> yes. This is my final quote. This is so cringy. I almost can't get the words out. So who gives you flip-flops, Joey Potter? And she says, people who shouldn't. I can't. Flip flops? What does that even mean? What are they talking about? Oh, like, like the butterflies that took flip. Yeah. And they called it flip flops. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, I don't know. Stick around for season six. God bless us. I don't know how we're going to get through one more season of the show.
Stay alive and see the love in